So welcome everybody to another episode of the Medical Device Marketing Podcast. Today I'm here with Becca Brady, one of our account directors at Podimos. Welcome Becca. Hiya, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, so have you ever wondered how to start a customer-centric marketing campaign? Or in fact, what even do we mean by customer-centric? If you're wondering this, this is the absolute right podcast for you. So we're going to go through everything to do with what customer-centric is, how you set it up, um, and you know the positives and negatives around this. So Becca, a great thing to start with here is what is a cust- what do we mean when we say customer centric because i i think people have different understandings of what this term is mm-hmm. so customer centric is talking about the things that your customers want and need to hear about versus talking about the things that you think they want to hear about or the things that you want them to know and i think that's definitely two different things and customer centric is focusing on the questions and the topics that your customers want to know. Totally. So really, and actually, what, what one of the biggest issues we see, or one of the big, yeah, biggest issues I'd say we see when it comes to marketing, is because everybody knows their own business so well, they're very keen to talk about what they want to talk about versus what their customer actually wants to hear. And there could be a couple of reasons for this. So it can be because. Um, you know, you just know your own topic really well or because you actually don't really know what your customer is asking. Um, But you probably do know what your customer is asking. Um, So how can you actually find out, Becca, what is excellent customer centric content? So what is your audience asking? There's a few ways of doing that. Um, One of the main ways I always recommend is speak to your sales team because your sales team is speaking to your customers all the time so they're the ones that are fielding these questions every single day and i think initially when we speak to sales teams there is that initial staring at you blankly being like i don't get any questions and then actually the more you talk about it the more they just keep popping up and it tends to be you think of one question a customer's asked and that will spur five or ten more questions that a customer's asked on that topic so that's something that I don't think people do enough, but actually going to your sales team who are on the front line and asking them what are the questions that you get all the time is a great starting point. And, you know, you can run a workshop dedicated to bringing all your sales team in and going through the questions that they're getting on um, on a regular basis. Totally. <clears throat> and that can be a really big, that can be quite a big investment, bringing your whole sales team off the sort of, you know, out of the market for a whole day. Um, mm-hmm. But we find whenever you do that, the information you get is absolutely invaluable because everybody bounces off each other. Um, and what we also find is that uh, <clears throat> people say the same things. So we find there's common questions that people or the, the audience is asking on an ongoing basis. So to start off with, when we start looking at customer centric content, you find it's really easy to identify probably what the first three months of customer centric content looks like because they're the questions that are asked over and over and over again to your sales team. Yeah, and I think the reason as well, doing it with a whole group of salespeople versus doing it, you know, one on one, is going back to the idea of bouncing ideas. And it, you, you know, one salesperson might say they had a question about, I don't know, like how a product works, and that will spur another salesperson to be like, oh, actually, I got a question that was kind of similar, but not really on this topic. And it gives those salespeople you get a more natural conversation when there's multiple salespeople in there. Um, But there are other ways of doing it as well. You know, having your marketing sit on your sales calls is a really great one. 
And that's also really useful to see once you've made your customer centric content, is your customer centric content, your marketing team been work? Is it working? Are the sales team actually using it? Are they actually sending it out? So that's a two way benefit there. Getting your marketing team to go out onto your field visits um, is also something that I think is really useful. And then KOL user groups. So the same way as you got your sales team in, having you know your KOLs all sit down and talk about the questions that they have is another way for you to get some really great customer centric content. Mm, absolutely. And um, I think the the big sort of takeaway in everything that we've just been talking about is use your sales team. Because your sales team, and I think that's one thing maybe that isn't used enough, your sales team are on the front line all the time. They know exactly what your audience needs. And it, because they're always they're always asking the same questions. Um, but, you know, that KOL user group is fantastic as well to have a look at where market trends and what the future questions could be as well. So it's a really interesting mix there. So once you've got all of your questions, um, because that's, that is the most important part of any customer centric campaign, understanding what your audience wants to hear. And I think it's probably the hardest part of any customer centric campaign, because once you've understood what your audience definitely wants to hear, and you do have to go outside your comfort zone a little bit to do this, you know, it's not just, you know, I think marketing, we're, we're quite good probably at, um, you know, working amongst ourselves sometimes and really not going out as much as we could. Um, but by doing it has huge benefits so once you've got the right information and you know this is definitely what our audience want to hear what's the next thing we need to think about I guess it's about how you get that content from that amazing workshop that you've done to your audience it's how do they want to digest this information because there's lots of different ways that you can do it <clears throat> but I think it also goes back to how do your audience want to digest it and there is no right answer that i can say you have to go on your website you have to do social because again mm. it depends on what your audience wants you know i'd always recommend having the content on your website because that's where most people go and it gives you a hub of all your content but then you know there are also options to do small bites night small bite size snippets on social media and a bit of a mouthful and what social media platform that is that you go out on depends on your audience and where they are do they prefer video content do they prefer long form written content do they prefer 280 characters on twitter or 500 characters on threads now like what do yeah. they what do they want that's where you need to go um and there's also podcasts like this webinars articles white papers there's lots of different routes but the end, the main takeaway needs to be, you need to ask the question to your audience, how do you want this content? And that's the format that you need to be providing it in. And how do you do that? So that's a really great point. You know, we say, right, we need to know where our audience is, but actually practically, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Um, what are the best ways to really understand where your audience is and, and what they want to, what they want, how they want to digest the information? Yeah, so for me, there's two sort of main ways of doing it. One is more expensive than the other. So market research being the more expensive one. Um, but that is a fantastic, you know, way to deep dive. And I would do more than just ask, if you know, if you're going to do a market research campaign, I would do more than just ask about what content they want. I would do a massive, massive research bulware. But if market research isn't something you can afford to do or have the time to do, it's going back to your sales team, you know, ask your sales team to send out user surveys or, you know, 
they can reach out to some of their friendlies and say like what do you want you know they have the relationships they spent years building them use those relationships to ask those questions um and you know a lot of the time your customers want to help you because they want to see that information that you're providing and feeding back that information allows them to get it so it's, it's sort of a win-win so yes again it's go back to your sales team and ask them to be asking the customers and actually from your sales team's perspective although this is another thing to do actually as you say it helps to build those relationships and ultimately it's only going to help the sales team because if us mm -hmm. as marketing can start generating really really relevant information and information that people really want to see it's only going to boost your your revenue line at the end um, because you're going to be moving people through the buyer's journey um, a little bit quicker. Actually, that brings up a really good point that we haven't spoken about. When we look at all the questions that your audience are asking, which are the ones that actually we should be answering? That's a really the ones that get them through their buyer's journey, I think, are the most important ones. And once you've done the bulk of those, doing there'll always be more. There'll always be more questions in your buyer's journey. But once you've got sort of like eighty percent of those done, you can then sort of move on to the questions that you get once they become customers, because I think they're still important. Because you know it's all that's more that becomes more about customer attention, and you know that they're still important questions. But you need to spend primarily your efforts on the cust the questions that happen during your buyer's journey. And what I mean by buyer's journey is from when they hear who you are or they see you for the first time all the way through until they convert by purchasing your product or your service yes yes and that and that's absolutely critical because otherwise the question has to be asked why are you creating this content so you could be answering a question but actually it's not going to get you to move somebody through their buyer's journey you're doing it for no purpose at all so you must challenge yourself on why you're doing that yeah Great. Okay. So um, this is the, the next thing that we need to sort of think about. So we understand um, what our buyer's questions are. We understand how they want to digest the information. Um, what's the next thing we need to think about? Probably the final thing we need to think about. Now we've got these two things fixed. Sort of how they want to receive the information. Do they want to get it in person at congresses do they want to be presented it via email i know we talked about social media um do they want your sales team to come and speak to them in person and bring blogs and articles with them um there are loads of different and again that needs to be you need to speak to your customers about that because you know some audiences might love your sales team to pop in and have a chat and show them materials others might be like nope we go to congresses that's when we want to speak to you that's when we want the information. So that's all, again, really important information to have when you're creating that um, customer-centric content. Mm. And actually, uh, one thing that you need to think about when you're doing this as well is if somebody says, I only want to be contacted by email, <clears throat> in fact, look at the number one, two, three, and four, because when you look at a buyer's journey, often people are not ready to purchase from you at the point at which they see that one thing. So you need to keep them seeing you on an ongoing basis until they have the problem that you solve. So knowing what the top four platforms are for you to communicate with them will allow you to keep you in front of them as you're going, you know, as as you move forward. So I think that's an important thing, not just to go for one channel, because you really need to keep it open so that, you know, your users keep seeing you as they move through their journey. I also think on that, it's very unlikely that every single part of your audience 
will want information in the same way. So, mm-hmm. you know, you probably have a really broad audience, especially, especially if you think about surgeons, you've got trainee surgeons all the way through into consultants that are potentially retiring soon. They're not going to want information the same way. So you need to do it in multiple different ways to sort of attract all those different subsets in your audience as well that's really important to think about um i think it's very easy to go oh, well 50 percent of people want email so let's only mm-hmm. do email well then you've literally just halved yeah. your audience so it's important to be hitting all the touch points that you're where your audience are totally and you actually just by mentioning what you did about you might have different types of people who want to digest things differently in fact that's really the first thing that we should do that we didn't include in this because it's more that you already understand your audience but if you haven't got a really clear picture of who your audience is so are they a consultant surgeon are they a trainee you know do they have a certain number of years do they specialize in this area if you don't have that understood to start off with you need to do that first of all so that you make sure you're really definitely targeting them because every different group will see things differently so bunching people or bunching a group saying surgeons will probably damage the effectiveness of what you're doing yes definitely great okay so i i think those are the most important things uh that you need to think about when you're creating a customer-centric marketing campaign um they're quite simple when we map them out like this but it's a lot more complicated when you actually do it in reality um is there anything we've missed becca or anything else you feel we should say? No, I think the main thing I want to stress is that it's understanding what your customers want to hear about. It's it's really easy to get sidetracked into, oh, yeah, but they know that. I want to talk to them about this brand new feature. I want to talk to them about this. If that's not what they're looking for or the information they want, it, it's not worth doing. It You need to go back to doing the questions that people are asking. And what I also find is that people start doing this and then, they start with all these questions and then slowly they creep back into, yeah, but I really want them to know yeah. this really cool thing. And it's actually like, no, focus on the most important thing, which is what do your customers want to hear about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the main the main takeaway for me. Yeah, and actually from what you said, um, you know, it's uh, we're talking here about a, a point in time, one point in time, creating a customer-centric campaign. But in actual fact, what you hinted to and what's true is that it has to be an ongoing process. Um, because you will always get new questions. And actually, this is a rolling thing. So you should always be speaking to your sales team what the new questions are coming up so that you can keep adapting your campaign to be as relevant as possible moving forwards. So it is a never-ending cycle. It needs to continue going. Definitely. Excellent. Okay, so um, in summary of you know what we were looking at today, so really, in order to create a very effective customer-centric campaign, Um, we need to first of all understand exactly what your customers need to hear about or you need to understand what your customers want to hear about and that's really by answering the questions that they're asking and the best way to do this is by asking your sales team because they're with your uh, customers every day. Um, A workshop can be a great way of doing this. You might want to bring in an external company to do this. That often works really well. There'll be many people who do this. We of course at Podimus do also do this but we're not the only agency that you can use for this purpose. So then it has they want to digest the information. So what type of media do they want to digest it? Is it blogs? Is it video? Um, Small social media posts, small snippets, things like that. Um, And finally, where are they? So which platforms are they on at the moment? Uh, Therefore, which platforms do you need to go out on? 
So I hope this was helpful, uh, a nice short breakdown of how to create a customer-centric marketing campaign. I think um, the key here is involving your sales team as well, which I know we've spoken about an awful lot during this podcast. So Becca, thank you very much for attending. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. And I hope everyone has a great day. If you need any more information or you want any help with hosting a, uh, a workshop, please get in contact with us via our website or LinkedIn. Um, and we hope you have a great day and look forward to seeing you at the next Medical Device Marketing Podcast. Mm-hmm.